Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, the podcast you deserve. My name is Ricky Orpike. I have Jonathan Astro. I have AJ. We're back for Side Boob Cinema. How are you all? We're back, baby. Regulator. Oh <laughs> 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 <I> no. <laughs> <laughs> that you'd like that, age. <laughs> we have an exciting show for you today. Uh, this is the first side boob that we're doing that uh, is a request from one of our fans. So your mate78 has asked that we, uh, we review Stripes and uh, we couldn't pass that opportunity up. So we're looking at Stripes and another Bill Murray movie, uh, Meatballs. Whoop, whoop. I just wanted to say something about the other week, which I'm really upset about. So I watched Val last week and I feel like I was a real cunt (laughs) 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 about Val. (laughs) All right. No, but like everyone still says the same shit that he was an absolute asshole to work with. But I feel really bad for him. So this is a mea culpa for our Val special that we yeah. did a few episodes back. You I feel, feel like I didn't go too hard, but he's he did have all the surgeries and he's fucked now. Mm, right. Yeah. So no. apologies to Val. Oh, yeah. Look, um, he seemed, is it good? Good, the doco? The doco is good. Okay. Because um, I, I read some interviews like in preparation for that show and uh, like what was nice about it was that he seems so unrepentant. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> like he seems that he like it's a real triumph of the human spirit that I see he's saying the same mad shit that I think he's always said. Always. Yeah. Mm. And that's he's married to the game. Like that's that's great. Like so it's positive, you know. Yeah. Did you watch it all, Pike? No, I haven't watched it yet. I, I know you uh shared your prime login with me. <laughs> Which, uh, oh. which is much, much appreciated. But unfortunately, we decided to watch Coming to America 2. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> which is a whole other topic that we could get into, which I'd love to get into. I love I've it. Seen it too. Uh, what I love, what I love is that you got the login right, and then you went, you, you skipped down, and then you just got, you were new to the prime neighbourhood, and you're like, oh, this is this will be. There's no way this couldn't be good. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way this couldn't be good. And you clicked on it, and I haven't seen it, AJ, but um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild stab and say it is not good, baby. <laughs> it is not good. No, it's not good. Uh, there's probably one good bit in it, but. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, we okay. we can maybe talk about that in uh, in the next episode oh, well, well, if, if if we ever cover something that um, we'll do John Landis or something or yeah. Eddie when he was when Eddie was good yeah so ma- maybe another forty eight <laughs> hours or Trading Places or something like that Ooh. straight to the sequel another forty eight hours oh sorry <laughs> I didn't mean to jump to the Let's sequel fuck it. Let's do the sequel ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit but anyway uh, today what are we doing today we're doing stripes we're doing stripes within a few hours New York City cab driver John Winger played by Bill Murray loses his job his apartment his car and his girlfriend who is finally tired of his immaturity. Realising that he has few prospects, he decides to join the army. He talks his best friend, Russell Zitsky, played by Harold Ramis, a vocational teacher of English as a second language, into joining him. And they go to a recruiting office and are soon sent off to basic training. 
Upon arriving at Fort Arnold, they meet their fellow recruits and their drill sergeant, Sergeant Holker, played by Warren Oates. Moments after arriving, John annoys Sergeant Holker and is ordered to do push-ups. While outgoing in, in disposition, he is reluctant and stands out as a slacker throughout basic training. John and Russell quickly bond with their platoon, which is composed of a bunch of misfits. Their commanding officer is the dull-witted Captain Stillman. As basic training progresses, the pair become romantically involved with female MPs Louise Cooper and Stella Hansen, played by Sean Young and PJ Souls. Not long before graduation, Holker is injured and the men sneak off base to go to a mud wrestling bar where John convinces Dewey Ox Oxberger, played by John Candy, to wrestle a group of women. When MPs and police raid the club, Stella and Louise hide John and Russell. The rest of the platoon are, uh, return to base, where a furious Stillman threatens to make all of them repeat basic training. After having sex with Stella and Louise, the buddies return to the barracks and John motivates the platoon with a passionate speech and begins to get them in shape for graduation. After a long night of practice, they oversleep and almost miss the ceremony. They rush to the parade ground, still half asleep, and give an improvised yet highly coordinated drill display led by John. Post-Commander General Barnicky is impressed when he finds out that they had to complete training without a drill sergeant and decides that they are just the kind of go-getters he wants working on his EM50 project in Italy. Once in Italy, the platoon is reunited with a recovered Holker and is assigned to guard the EM50 urban assault vehicle, an armoured personnel carrier disguised as a recreational vehicle. Wanting more from their boring assignment, John and Russell steal the EM50 to visit their girlfriend stationed in West Germany. When Stillman finds the vehicle missing, he launches an unauthorised mission to retrieve it before his superiors find out it's gone. Holker urges Stillman not to go, but is overruled. Stillman inadvertently leads the platoon across the border into Czechoslovakia. Holker, recognising their whereabouts, jumps out of the truck just before the Soviet army captures it and makes a mayday radio call that John and Russell hear. Realising that the platoon came looking for them and is now in danger, John, Russell, Stella and Louise take the EM-50 and infiltrate a Soviet base where the platoon is being held, and aided by Holker, they rescue the entire platoon. Upon returning to the US, John, Russell, Louise, Stella and Holker are hailed as heroes. They are each awarded the Distinguished Service Cross. Holker retires and opens the Holker Burger franchise. Stella appears on the cover of Penthouse. Ox makes the cover of Tiger Beat. Russell recreates his firefight with the Russians for Guts magazine. And John is featured on the cover of Newsworld. The humiliated Captain Stillman is reassigned to a weather station in Alaska. So what are our thoughts on Stripes, everybody? AJ, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> You know, <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? Well, like, you know? I thought it was going to end at the graduation ceremony. Well, that's not a good sign because it keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, is this one of these movies that we like conceptually or we like a couple of elements? We sort of, you know, we're maybe grafting some feelings from some better movies like Ghostbusters and whatever onto mm. this movie a bit. And... You know, we look at the poster and there's a couple of scenes that stand out and and we just sort of go, oh, yeah, it's good. And then you actually watch it and you go, <laughs> oh, it's a bit interminable. 
this was <laughs> this was tough. This was tough. I, I hate I, to say I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought yeah, all right. I I I I believe the film is too long and it could have ended with them just graduating. But well, look, look, part I'll never do this again, but this was my <laughs> fault. I I downloaded I mean I uh, whatever. I I I got the <laughs> acquired I, I acquired the extended edition, uh, and this is that edition. Now, th- there's a couple of scenes in this that there's nips and tucks here and there, so they've added in all these little bits that sort of add up over time, which is about maybe about 20, 25 minutes, maybe more worth of footage. There's one scene that's considerable. Oh, the, 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 the South America sequence? Yes, yeah, yeah. Absolutely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely pointless. <laughs> You know what although, I mean? Like, in the edit, I do like I do like how he he saves the day by singing. What does he sing? Quando, quando, quando. Oh yes, <laughs> that's nice. That's a payoff from the, the earlier part. Where that's right. Says, yeah, you stay up listening to whatever. Tito Quinto. Quinto. And all I could think of was The Simpsons. Simpsons. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> but um, no, this was his real struggle, particularly because of the. I just think that you know it comes in at two hours. Okay, that's too that's too long. Yeah. 90 minutes comedy, 100 minutes if there's a drama plot maybe in it, you know, mm. if you're doing Annie Hall or something. But, you know, I don't know. But, but about that, I mean, I got, it's just going to keep coming. But, but that <laughs> <laughs> so much fucking singing. Stop with the singing of songs. <laughs> like they sing. Like actually, that's that's a real sign of amateur writing is um, constant singing of songs or characters singing of songs. It's absolutely banned. It's absolutely banned. <laughs> like if you if you read a script or something, you just go, and it's got the like, characters breaking into song of something, or you go to a play and they're singing, you just go, oh my god, this stop stop that. <laughs> What about Eddie Murphy in Forty Eight Hours? Well, that's that's different. He does it once, and <laughs> and the joke there is that like his version of of Roxanne is so ridiculous. <laughs> in fact, when I because I saw it when I was young, Forty Eight Hours, I, I I thought that was the song, and when I heard the the real song, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that would have really disappointed. Like. Well, no, I, I just like his one is so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I agree that is a good bit. That is good. Bit. All right. Well, well, I've slammed it a bit. So, um, Ricky, what 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 stuck? Did you did you watch this with Inger or, or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did. And how did that go? Yeah, it went well. She uh, she thought it was too long. Right. So and and so do I. Really. Um, I I feel like I I can't put my finger on on any specific film, but I feel like this. This happens in a few films where, uh, where where the pe- people are sort of training for something, and you think that that that's the end, like getting through the training. But then there's some sort of mission that happens. Uh, it happens in that, that, GI Jane. Well, I haven't uh, seen that one, but but I feel like that happens in in a few films, and 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 makes it makes it too long. You know, it makes it almost two films. You you're know? sort of like, are we getting through drill, or are we getting are we getting through? Sorry, like boot camp, or are yeah. we or are we going on a mission? They maybe it feels like. When you're doing these kind of plots, it's like, oh well, no, it can't just be, you know, get, get getting through train, boot. Yeah. That's not enough. And you go, we've got to. Mm. And you go, yeah, no, it's enough. Yeah, but, yeah. But he had his character arc. Like he, he yes. changed. It's done. <laughs> it was done. <laughs> yeah, it was done. No, and that climax <laughs> is 
dangerously close to being unfunny because it's gun, guns, guns, guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. it's fucking dangerous. <laughs> like, like imagine that. Like, they, they, it, it, it's a real Arrested Development type gag. But like, you could imagine them like running around having fun, and one of them just getting shot in the stomach. You go, <laughs> oh god, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there is another serious scene when Holker takes. Um, takes Bill Murray uh, to his office, as he calls it, which is the bathroom, and they yeah. <laughs> have a pretty frank discussion about his behaviour in in training. And um, he sort of goads Bill Murray into taking a swing at him, and and that is is that is pretty that is straight. There's no comedy in that at all. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's a I think it's a good scene. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there should be more of that. Yeah, I think may yeah I, I think perhaps there could be a little bit more of that. Um, but I like what I like about this. I like the opening. I, I guess the premise of this slacker guy who just can't get his life together decides to go to the army. I think that that's the cool premise, and that's where a lot of the the fun is in the in the start of the movie. I guess is is, is when he has that falling down moment in the cab when he's driving that posh lady to the airport, mm. and he ends up pulling over and throwing the keys, you know, over the bridge and I could his relate. Job and- yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a bit too close to home. I don't really want to go to the army. <laughs> Frank kicks me out. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then, and then, you know, that the, the scene where where we meet his his girlfriend and they break up, and then um, Russell, his friend, turns up and and he's just you know playing basketball in his apartment and he throws the ball out the window. Like all of that's really cool. And <laughs> that scene was good. So, well, that's a great one, two, three, isn't it? Throwing out. Yeah. Hey, can yeah. you throw the ball back? <laughs> comes, in the, comes in the other window. It goes in the other window. That's love it, right. Love it. And, and I love that bit where he goes, um, uh, where Russell asks him to, to, I bet you can't do five push ups. And then yeah. he's getting down on the ground. He's like, I've never heard, heard bones creak like that before. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Nice. It, it's so cool that Russell is the coolest in this. Yes, because yeah. we're Egon, used to Egon. Yeah, had his glow up. I liked it. Yes. It's uh it it how old Ramus? What a what a cheeky devil he is, eh? Yeah. Mm, yeah, he's good. Handsome, really good. funny, and so fucking talented. Mm. Like like director of well, most people would say one of the greatest comedies of all time. Katie Shack. So I didn't you know. realise he directed that. He did. He he wrote it too, didn't he? Uh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was yeah. just thinking about him being a, ma- a driving force behind it, you know. Um, and Well, actually, and uh, Gr- uh, Groundhog Day. So, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so, so he's um, uh, like an undisputed comedy king. But, we're, but, you know, we obviously all know him for, as Egon mainly. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. But his, his uh, I mean, some people would die for Groundhog Day. Do you know mm. what I mean? And and Caddyshack, those are two of the easily two of the of the best comedies uh, ever made. Mm. Yeah. And so he he really is just you know uh, um, multi skilled there. Yeah, and he's worked with Murray on what seven films? Is that something like something that? like that? Yeah. Wow. yeah. But the other thing I really noticed about this film is I, I expected to see those guys a bit more as Venkman and 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 Egon, mm. but but I never thought about that. You know, I, yeah. I never thought of them as Ghostbusters because even though, you know, they're obviously recognizable as as Bill Murray and, and Harold Ramis, but they're 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 able to 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 give it a different uh to give their characters a different vibe, you know. Mm. Mm. 
Well, this uh, there's a couple of things here. Uh, Bill Murray, it's sexy Murray. Oh yeah, like he's the he's apart from Meatballs, the youngest we've sort of seen him. And mm. you know, it's funny over time he's so different in these early movies because he sort of as he's become more disinterested. Uh, <laughs> His critical cachet has improved exponentially. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like he's really engaged in these early in, in, in yeah. these early films in a way that he's not later on. Yeah, yeah. Like he is doing movies later on, so he can I don't know spend more time on the golf course or something. There's a golf golf course nearby that he wants to be on or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then it just happens to be a West Anderson movie or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they'll put a wig on him, and and, and so here you go. But. But he's, it's so strange to see him like young and and interested uh, to a certain degree, and and a bit piggish as well. Like like he's, he's you know. Um, then again, I thought about this because he's a real line stepper in the movie, mm. and like. But then again, in Ghostbusters, he's a line stepper. Oh yeah. And now, AJ, I get this is a question I got for you. Like, do women like line steppers? Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. All these years you've been towing the line and you shouldn't be stepping over it. No, no, I think I got Katie by stepping on the line, you know. You gotta, <laughs> it's back in my drinking days, you know. <laughs> Venga did not appreciate the scene in the kitchen, though, where uh, where Bill Murray is, like, getting the spatula under the, yeah. yeah. And then the, the ice cream scooper, you know, oh, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> she loved it. She did love it. She did love it, yeah. Um, a Frank quote when we saw Full Frontal because we saw some vag. Mm. Um, the vag is nothing to look at. When I said, did you see the vag? And he said, no, the vag is nothing to look at. I was looking, <laughs> I was looking at the titties. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's speaking his truth. And then he said, look, they're like my pyjamas when they were wearing long johns. And I said, yes, sometimes you look like a pioneer settler. <laughs> so that's, you guys need more, more to feel out, Frank, I feel, and that, that's a really good way to. Yeah. <laughs> that says a lot. I love, I love the just total dissing of Bush as well. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah. Not impressed. No. Uh, no? <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Well, this movie is, you know, it is a a sexy film. Uh, I would I would call it a sex comedy, you know, but probably just because of the, you know, not just one scene. There's two uh, sort of sexy rendezvous scenes and a third major set piece, arguably the most memorable in the film, set at the Mud Wrestling Bar. Hmm. Uh, you know, and this really is what, what we've been talking about for a while, which is that, that laughing with a chubby. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what ha- what happened? Why so serious? You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like this type of of comedy is totally verboten now, uh, and it's maybe it goes in waves. Uh, I, you know, I I would argue. I mean, do you think that the that old school, like the the mud wrestling in old school, is probably a direct reference to to this film? Mm. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, sure. so that, that that's an old movie now. When was that made? Twenty years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time ago. So, uh, well, yeah, there you go. So we've been entered an even more of a Puritan era now. Mm. Like, I mean, the idea of uh, Shannon Elizabeth's titties being out there or something in a movie or whatever. Or, or, a, or a movie about a frat house full stop. 
you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely verboten now. But, uh, but I think that the internet really uh, has sort of killed the, these types of movies. The, you know, uh, the connectedness that we all have now um, is obviously it's really it's really good to know what people think. You know what I mean? And and it has allowed us to to stamp out um, some some real bullshit. You know what I mean? But at the same time, uh, it's it's maybe not that great for art. You know what I mean? Because it's you know we're talking about. Uh, constant opinions we're talking about set leaks and and script leaks and people you know or even just i had a meeting with someone about remaking van wilder and then someone says oh puts puts posts that but that that meeting happened on twitter suddenly you know um jezebel and everyone says i can't believe it i can't believe oh, that they're thinking of making that move this is not real by the way I'm making oh, okay that's you know <laughs> you know believable. That's the thing, though. No, that's the thing. It is fucking believable, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is. is. And then it would be like, oh, not only are they remaking it, um, which is disgusting in itself because that movie is is like, you know, the mind Kampf of, of rape culture. <laughs> but, like, secondly, how dare they not, you know, I hear that they haven't cast a proud trans woman uh, or something in the lead. And so it just, it just doubles in on itself. So I feel like, you know, what these films like Stripes and that are, they are eccentric in a way. Mm. Like, like not everyone in the world thinks the way that these guys, the, the people who made this movie think or whatever, and it's hard to cultivate niche uh, eccentric interests under surveillance, constant surveillance. You know, things are nipped in the bud now mm. so early, whereas they would have to literally wait until they did a test screening or maybe even opening day before they realised that they'd gone too far in some bits. That's that's how you get scenes. Like in Kindergarten Cop, you get the scene where, like, uh, the bad guy just beats the shit out of, like, some dad buying a toy. Mm. And it's only later on that you go, oh, yeah, that's, like, that's like way out of control. <laughs> but it's what makes that <laughs> film really special, yeah. you know. Mm. And these, these edges get shaved off. I mean, yeah. You know, and I feel that's what I feel about this movie. I feel like the whole thing now just seems so inappropriate because we can't imagine a world where it's like, oh, oh, like, so you show, you show someone who's just born and bred on the internet this movie and they go, oh, I, I don't understand how this movie got made. How come they all weren't, how come everyone involved wasn't talked out of, well, no, shamed out of even thinking about this movie, making this movie before it even happened? And you say, well, mm. back then people weren't shamed out of everything but when they got out of bed. You know, like <laughs> I got out of bed today and I was thinking of making a movie and they go, oh, yes, so what kind of uh, non-binary actor are you going uh, to cast? And you go, oh, hadn't really thought that far ahead. And they go, well, you're cancelled. <laughs> and the movie doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, shit, someone take over. I need to <laughs> well, the, the idea of this film uh, came to Reitman uh, on a drive to the premiere of Meatballs. So he, he had the idea of make, making a Cheech and Chong film. Um, and so this was originally going to be a Cheech and Chong film. More where, interminable movies. <laughs> <laughs> where they where where Cheech and Chong would, would join the army. And so uh, Cheech and Chong's manager thought the script was very funny. Uh, however, the comedy duo, they wanted complete creative control over the film and uh, Reitman then sort of backed away and suggested to uh, to one of his writers, Dan Goldberg, that they change the two main characters uh, to suit Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. Uh, 
figuring that they could get Ramis interested and let him tailor the script for the, for for him and him and Murray, and um, if only they could convince Murray to do it. So uh, it, it, reportedly, Murray he didn't even know if he was going to be in the film until until they started shooting and he turned up. So, <laughs> oh wow, ridiculous! Um, <laughs> I love that he I love that he's just like that. The balls on this guy, like I know that. that so he's just you're just born with it. You're just born yeah. with it. Like you just walk into a room. Like he he he. He clearly he's not a traditionally handsome man, uh, shall we say? He's balding. He was balding from the get go. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's sort of pudgy, um, but he just has just had swagger from yeah. day one. What is that mm. like to have that swagger? It's you the know? smirk. Yeah, mm. fascinating. He's really sexy. I think he's really sexy. Oh, you said it. You leaned into the mic when you said it. I did. <laughs> I said it in a low voice. You were like, yeah, no, he is sexy. And uh, uh, and I think that he's got that that thing, you know, the X factor, the thing mm. that you mm. cannot quantify, you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's, he's to me, to me, he's got way more charisma than someone like a Hemsworth. Do you know what I mean? Like. And and it and and it shouldn't be right because you go oh Hemsworth, he's 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 got the rig, he's got you know all, all you know, what he's got, but you just go doesn't matter, mate. The camera doesn't give a fuck about all that. If you got it, you got it. Yeah. And Bill Murray's got it. And we we've watched him in fucking dumb movies, dumb movies. Just because, like the man, the man who knew too little, you know, which is a very funny movie. Have you seen that movie, AJ? No. Oh my god, we've got to watch that. You would love it so much. Okay, it's it's like a real fast. Like he's involved in this plot, like this this kind of uh, you know he's goofily brought into this plot that he doesn't understand that he's in a spy movie, sort of. Oh wow, it's great. <laughs> You're gonna love it. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Oh uh, shit. Do you think that has something to do with his his comedy background, the swagger? Yeah, but what? But he's comedy. You wouldn't call him a comedian. I mean, I know he's a comedian, but well, yeah, he's not a comedian, but he's a comedic performer. Mate. Yeah, he is. He is, but he's. Just, it's it's hard. Like you know, he's got such a strange uh, set of skills. Like mm. you know, he doesn't do that. That sort of sideways mouth talking that he used to do. <laughs> you know, and his his goofy. Um, Doing of versions of songs and stuff like he does, you know. I don't know. Like it's it's he's he. I think his strength is is always been the deadpan, yeah. Um, retort, yeah. you know. Mm. That's that's really what uh, what I like about him. And he's just in complete control. And mm. and um, you know, he's always he's knowing. You know, it would have been fucking crazy to see him punch Chevy Chase on SNL. Yeah. I that was that was just famous, isn't it? Yeah, they hated each other. But people, everyone wants to punch Chevy, though. That's true, <laughs> and that that upsets me because I love him too. I, I love Chevy so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Chevy more than Bill Murray. Oh, I know, shocking, mm. isn't it? But no, you, no, I do love Chevy. You know. I, I, I can see it, and I love <laughs> Steve Martin too. Yeah, they're, the, they're my three. The man with two brains, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, film. We're, we're, we're going to do that film as well. Eh? Oh. So good. Uh, yes. So a um, couple of other things. Sean Young, we'll get onto her later. PJ Souls, hot, hot, they hot. Are hot. They are <laughs> hot. Both hot. Yes. There's yeah. something about like 
chicks in uniform with their hair tied up. Yes. That's like really sexy. Yes. We've talked about this. It's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the right amount of gender bending. Yeah. Yep. You know, mm. it's not to the next level, you mm. know, which is, you know, you know what it is, the next level. <laughs> A beard? <laughs> oh, yeah, that or more about LD. You know, <laughs> I can shorten it. But um, PJ Soul's got it all out in Halloween, and she gets it all out here. What a good sport, I say. You know, too bad uh, Sean Young didn't didn't oblige. I know it's a bummer. I know. So, uh, Sean Young, Blade Runner, June, uh, Ace Ventura. I I really dig Sean Young. What do we think of Sean Young? She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's really good. Okay. So she was famous. I've got like some funny stuff here uh, from Variety. So famously, she she was labelled as as trouble. Do you know what I mean? And and, and allegedly blacklisted or, or whatever. And there's some famous incident where James she's a stalker, Woods, right? Oh, who did she stalk? James Woods. Oh yeah, but she said that was a beat up, and that like they went to court and she won. You know, and then she, she alleges. I mean, who knows? You know, mm. th- th- there are a lot of other things. So I'll read out some of these, but uh, yeah, I, I did read about that. So get this. This is this is great. Like like this, some of this stuff's a bit long, but but it's great because I've called it cleaning out my closet. So basically, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> this is just Sean Young. Just have you ever been <laughs> discriminated against? <laughs> I have. This is her. <laughs> this is her. <laughs> Start the snare, okay? So back in 2017, this is from Variety. Back in 2017, Young revealed that Weinstein exposed himself to her while working on the 1992 film Love Crimes, which was produced by Weinstein's former company, Miramax. She told him, I really wouldn't be pulling that thing out because it's really not pretty. Put that little thing away. <laughs> Legend. That's Got great. much more respect for it. Yeah. There you go. This is when she said. <laughs> This is when it's she not said, "Gwyneth Paltrow said, <laughs> no. oh, Pepper Potts." Uh, this is when she said she got a bad reputation for saying no. So the next, uh, that, that's sort of a bit of a showstopper. The next three are just interesting. So get this, uh, and you have to remember, someone that gross. Think of who they really are inside. Young said, "I think his game plan was be as powerful as possible so I can get laid." That's as simple as most of these plans are for people. It doesn't get a lot deeper than that. Uh, when asked about the incredibly, incredibly aggressive and uncomfortable love scene in Blade Runner that Young filmed with Harrison Ford, she had said direct, Ridley Scott wanted to date her, but she never reciprocated. He started dating the actress who played Zora, Joanne Cassidy, and, and I felt relieved, Young said. Uh, and then we do this scene, and I think it was Ridley. Uh, I think Ridley was like, fuck you, I was thinking. Why did this have to be like that? What was the point of that? And I think it was Ridley's non-too-subtle message that he was getting even with me. Uh, Young said Scott never hired her again, but when it came to Blade Runner 2049, the actress was handed a 30-second hologram cameo. So she's talking, she's talking about the hard-edged uh, sort of um, love scene in Blade Runner there. She reckons it was rudely sticking it to her. Young discussed the time Charlie Sheen wrote the word cunt on a piece of tape and stuck it on her back while filming Wall Street in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of that, AJ? <laughs> Good. <laughs> she said... Sheen did a lot of cocaine on set, no shit, and was yeah. <laughs> and was awful. Additionally, she called Oliver Stone a bastard for reducing her role after she stuck up for Daryl Hannah, who was forced to wear a dress she didn't feel comfortable on. 
after nearly landing the role of Marion Ravenwood in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Young said she offended Steven Spielberg after asking him at a New Year's Eve party why she didn't get the part. He was all, I did not mislead you. I did not, Young said. I was like, oh, calm down. I didn't mean it like you were a bad guy or anything. I just really thought I was going to get the part. You flew me to California twice. Very sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Out of all the men she mentioned, you'll like this. This ends on an up note. Out of all the men she mentioned, Young praised uh, co-star Jim Carrey. He really fought for her to get the part, uh, even though they wanted someone else. So that's uh, that's really nice there. What do you think of all that, Sean Young? Love it. Okay. Well, the saying where there's smoke, there's fire comes, <laughs> comes to mind there. So you think you that, know? that like, there's a lot of stuff there and, like, you know. So you think that Charlie was right? Well. <laughs> well, I think there's two sides to every, every coin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she is un, unambiguously hot, I must say. Mm. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah I think she's gorgeous. She would have been great in Raiders. Yeah, she would have been good. Yeah. Um, she was up for some other roles. Actually, she didn't get. She was meant to be in Batman as Vicky Vale, and mm, didn't uh, she? Didn't she like uh, dress up as Catwoman and sort of just yeah. show up? And yeah, try and get the part. Yeah, <laughs> which is she's you know a loose cannon. She is, but that's why she's how we talked about this. Is the it's it's the level of the crazy to hot crazy. Button. It's crazy yeah. hot ratio. You know, yeah. she's but she's getting eight out of ten crazy. You know, that's but yeah. that's. It's just too much, but it's also, you know, makes her catnip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? You're like, oh, this is going to be great. And uh, not great later, but in the moment, it is great. Yeah, yeah. And then when you blow your load, it's over. <laughs> and it's, it's not great no more. <laughs> it's not great anymore. And, you know, she is like, you know, uh, uh, stalking you or something. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> There's a great Lewis Cole song called uh, When the Load is Blown, I think it's called. <laughs> Jeez. And that's basically what it is. Um, you blow your load, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. It's good. I'm broken again. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about meatballs? You know, this is the birthplace of Murray's meatballs. Yes. Uh, I-, I will revisit the mm, the Me Too meter, perhaps, later mm. after mm. the film. So, Meatballs, Bill Murray is uh, Tipper Harrison, the goofball head counsellor at Camp North Star. He spends his days training the CITs or counsellors in training, pranking the stiff uh, camp director, Morty Melnick, and playing grab ass with Roxanne, a straight-laced CIT or uh, head counsellor of the girls. Uh, Tipper, Bill Murray, takes a shine to a sad little tyke named Rudy, who even gets his own mopey soundtrack, <laughs> uh, who lost his mum a year back and was sent to camp uh, by his workaholic dad. Tipper uh, convinces the kid not to run away from the camp and the two begin to bond playing poker and jogging together every day. Rudy convinces Tipper to make a romantic play for Roxanne and the two begin a summer fling on the CIT's getaway. Uh, meanwhile, Camp North Star's rivalry with the snooty Camp Mohawk is put to the test over the annual Olympiad, a sports tournament held over two days. 
Uh, Mohawk cheats at every turn, but Camp Northstar, after a pep talk from Tipper, decides to fight dirty and they even the score. The confident and re- rehabilitated Rudy, that's our sad little tyke, wins the final race and as a result of all that jogging with Tipper, the camp winds down, all say their farewells and Tipper and Roxanne decide to take things to the next level and move in together. AJ, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> 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 Double like, what the fuck is this movie? I like that they didn't take any luggage when they were driving, riding away on their bike. Right. That there was there was no luggage. Um, the Rudy thing was cute. Bill Murray was good. The movie, meh. I, I, yeah, all I think its usual the, suspects. Yeah, that's the heart of the film is probably that that relationship between Murray and Rudy and and. But yeah, the, the, I, I was thinking about this this morning that that the cast, apart from Murray and 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 Rudy, is is pretty forgettable. You know, like uh, the cast of characters just don't really stick out that well mm. compared to compared to Stripes. Even you mm. know, I mean, I can think of the the you know the psycho character or um, Judge Reinhold, for instance, in in Stripes. I Must wanted be. him to be bigger though. The Honourable Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also John Candy, like those those characters mm, sort of definitely. stick out a little bit more. Whereas in Meatballs, it's it's really just the Bill Murray show. You know? Well, actually, you raise a good point. The in in our favorite uh, comedies of 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 this era, uh, we uh, the the supporting characters uh, and our character actors and and people who fill out the world are so important. You know, mm. I mean, we talk about uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, but. Um, Think about all of the people in Ghostbusters who come to mind. The librarian, she's funny. The guy, the, even the guy who, other guy who works at the library. What does that guy do? <laughs> uh, the two people, uh, you know, the guy doing the 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 mind reading technique at the beginning. He's mm. funny. Um, you know, the hotel guy who's who who they who doesn't want to pay up. When they when they catch Slimer, <laughs> he's funny. Rick Moranis, mm. like you know, William. We Atherton. got one. Well, oh my god, <laughs> yes, yeah. Paul Newman's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like it's just a cast of of absolute gems mm. yeah everyone in that movie is fucking amazing and in meatballs i guess what we see is you know much less uh, smaller budget 1.2 1.6 million dollars in 1978 or whatever would have been uh nothing to shirk at but very much an independent style i uh, ended up making 70 million yeah or something that's crazy megabytes. so it's just an after school special really well, it's funny you should say that. Like, I got the feeling this movie felt to me, and it's so funny, it, this was 70s as fuck. Mm. Like, yeah. this felt like so 70s. It was the music, um, yeah. the, uh, yeah, that, that, that unashamed, as you say, after school special type. As, uh, the Rudy plot um, he was sweet and enjoyable. It was. And, it and, I'm, was. Not ta- and I'm not, I'm not um, casting shade on it because no, I, I mean, was, neither am I. was a total sucker. For, and I thought Rudy, although he was a little femme, was uh, very, <laughs> very, very good. Yeah, he was very good. <laughs> He's a kid. <laughs> yes, but it starts young. Take That's it from true. me. Oh, no, I know. All right. So. Anyway, uh, it just felt like a completely different vibe. Like you know, yeah. I don't know. It's so funny what a, what a difference a few years can make, right? Yeah. Like you know, a few years later, it's just it's AIDS and Reagan and <laughs> you know MTV. You know, and there's something about this felt more like uh, just a completely different era, 1978. 
Like, like it, it's 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 really hard to talk about or quantify because obviously, I mean, uh, none of us were uh, around mm. at the time. But but I, I just get the feeling it must have been completely different, like um, uh, something different in the air. Mm. What what blows my mind is it's the highest grossing Canadian film of all time in the United States. Want right? That's fucking so, crazy. That's what America thinks of Canada. Mm. <laughs> Would you guys have liked to go to camp? No, I would have hated it. Me too. Well, it's I don't understand summer camp culture. Like, um, I went such on a long time. Well, mm. I went on. Uh, I, I was in the Scouts, right? And I went on what's called the Jamboree, which is like this thing that goes on every few years or whatever. And basically, they pick they probably don't do it anymore, but they they pick a city, and you all meant to fly to a city. But it happened to be in Aussie because I didn't have to travel that far. But still, I had to go. And stay stay away from uh, my parents and and with with everyone. And it was traumatic. It was. I mean, you did. You, obviously, the whole point is that you learn. You're meant to buck up and 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 learn skills and 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 learn independence and all that. But yeah, it's it's. I've never really enjoyed the the summer camp vibe. And um, it's the thing about filmmaking I don't like. I, I like camaraderie and I like working together and and doing and making things and doing all of that great stuff. And I, and I'm and I'm not above. You know, and I do I do have a sense of occasion, but I really hate this summer camp bullshit. I hate mm. this sort of playing footsies under the table mm. shit. The, you know the, what I mean? The camp sing-alongs. And- oh, just, yeah. it's just, I just can't stand all of that, mm. you know. But but this is a big thing, summer camp, isn't it? It is big oh, in the yeah. US, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Right. It's expensive too, so it's... Uh, it's more wealthy family. So think think Mohawk, you know, Camp Mohawk. That's that's where it's at. You mm. Know? Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't. I guess maybe some of our American listeners can can let us know. Uh, yeah, we've got no idea about this, about how much it costs, about what type of people go, and is it something that everyone does? And summer just seems like a obvious. Clearly, this is this is months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are these parents doing? Yeah. <laughs> just working. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's like, but, but I don't know. It seems so transparent. Like it's sort of a bit like, yeah, yeah, get the fuck out. You know, I got, yeah. I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a yeah. good summer. Yeah, you know. What, what I want to do, guys, is I want to play you a little bit of the film. I think my favorite part in Meatballs, I'm sure it's yours as well, is Sexual Awareness Week. Okay. These children are going to the most glamorous of all summer camps, Camp Mohawk. There's a two-year waiting list, and every child has to be voted in. On top of all that, it costs $1,000 a week to go to Camp Mohawk. The question is, is it worth $1,000 a week? It sure is. It's the best darn camp there is. Well, are you connected with Camp Mohawk? Well, I think so. I'm the program director, Jerry Aldini. Well, how do you justify $1,000 a week? Well, we have some special programs. Uh, we're doing Shakespeare in the Round again this year, of course. Uh, our political roundtable, Henry Kissinger, will appear. Yasser Arafat is going to come out, spend a weekend with the kids, just rap with them. That's amazing. <laughs> and the kids wanted animals, so this year each camper will stalk and kill his own bear at our private wildlife preserve. Are you sure the children can, uh, can hack that? We'll see. But the real excitement, of course, is going to come at the end of the summer uh, during Sexual Awareness Week. We import 200 hookers from around the world, and each camper, <laughs> armed with only a thermos of coffee and $2,000 cash, tries to visit as many countries as he can. And the winner, of course, is named King of Sexual Awareness Week and is allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns until camp ends. That's incredible. What do you expect for $1,000 a week? Hey, you have a good summer, too, huh? Well, it's, it's radioactive. 
<laughs> like it's That's- just like the sort of thing that like you know i don't know it just it would be it would end everyone involved and the Reitman, murray everyone <laughs> oh it's so good i laughed so hard at that bit but this this film i know we're going to get onto the me too scale a little bit later but this one i think is off the fucking chart you know well both films oh um, yeah stripes is pretty <laughs> these films well, stripes is bad but this is worse because they're the, the camp the camp leaders are like perving on 15 year old kids and stuff you know like yeah. I, I have a list of crimes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, well, before we get onto that, because the the offences, there's other offences as well. Like there's there's cultural appropriation. Um, Elmer Bernstein's offensive Native American suite uh, is is you know he's he's involved. Uh, and um, the cheerleader outfits, tomahawks. I mean, you know, like mm. th- that's that's just the 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 order of the day but just <laughs> on to this me too these two might be the most uh off the charts me too movies we've watched like this is like these these movies are high yeah okay yeah. Agreed. agreed so i mean stripes uh i will i'll here we go so here's what here's what we got <laughs> mud wrestling uh scene it, just everything titties everywhere uh, triumphant music when um, John Candy gets the bathing suits off. So again, <laughs> Elmer Bernstein, <laughs> hashtag complicit. <laughs> he, he's involved. He's he's going. Ah, oh, yes. Wasn't isn't that great? Isn't this great that he got? What, those what we need out? in this scene is a fanfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Titties fanfare. Titties fanfare. So <laughs> fanfare for the common titty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. Uh, next up, Stella, one of our lead women, is assaulted by Winger in the kitchen, and she loves it. So the message is that women need to be harassed into submission. Uh, with a scooper and whatever else he got. Uh, Louise, Sean Young, remarks that she feels uh, like 16 in her parents' house and Ziski says, I want to play spin the bottle. So, you know, he's clearly into it, uh, whatever she's saying there. Uh, Finally, um, I mean, the the rendezvous, the the romantic rendezvous are you know, numerous, the nudity, there's peeping. Uh, John Lorraquette does peeping. Oh, yeah. Bush. Bush is, a, is just a big no-no. Like, you can't see, you can't do that. It's beyond the pale. Stella appears in Penthouse at uh, the end and not in a, a girl boss, only fans, sort of sex worker empowerment way because that's sort of beautiful, you know, like that's like a woman, like, you know, being assertive and beautiful. Uh, but if you're a centerfold, that's disgusting, right? Do you see the difference? You should. So that's... <laughs> Stripes. Oh, there was a lot of homo stuff. Oh, there was homo stuff. Yeah, yeah. like because they, they did that scene at the beginning, right, where they say, "Are, are either of you homosexual?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what the, what do you think of the response though? Like because they they sort of look at each other and they go, "What what do they say?" They say, um, "No, but we're willing to learn." Mm. Mm. So they're sort of making fun of the fact that that the army would be so concerned with something like that. Maybe. Well, the jo- yeah, I think that jo- this is this is one of those scenes where people see. It's so funny when you talk uh, when you talk about comedy. It's no longer comedy, but this is unfortunately one of those scenes that a wokester would say, uh, "Oh, yeah, they've, they've said the word homosexual." So it's and you can say, "No, no, no, no." You need to look at it that you, you don't understand. Like uh, you know, Winger and Ziski are. They don't have a problem with homosexuals, um, and they, you know, that, that 
that they're making fun of the army being antiquated mm. and bigoted there. That's right. So you know what I mean, but but this this the great flattening that happens, the the uh, the conflation of everything, like the very mention. You know, I mean, this is what they do in Friends all the time. They say, "Oh my God!" Like you know, it's the most homophobic show ever. And you say, "No, mm. no, 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 no." You go, so you say, "It's it is the two idiots are homophobic." You know what I mean, Chandler and Joey. It's one of those things you got to you got to get inside the show, inside the context. And and actually look at the the characters and what's going on, but that that really happens. Um, the Me Too scale on on meatballs is fucking off the charts. <laughs> this is crazy. I think because it's. Do you think because kids are involved, it makes it worse? Like like there's something about like this is not um, like usually in the Friday Thirteenth movies, it's sort of like a group of mm, sort of young adults mm. going to an empty camp. Do you know what I mean? There's no kids around usually apart from one or two of them like in, in, in the movies. But it's sort of very different than there being kids around because it's sort of it just makes it, you know, it just ratchets ratchets up, ratchets up these crimes. Like sexual awareness week was my number one. That was um the the you know what Bill Murray said. Two hundred hookers brought in from around the world visit as much country as possible. Uh, the crown king of and why not a queen? Uh, sexual awareness week. Uh, they're allowed to rape and pillage the neighboring towns. There, get that just speaks for itself. Um, so Larry, this is my favorite. Larry the fatty, right? The <laughs> he constantly says she wants it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was obviously the prevailing wisdom at the time. They all want it. They all want it. My favorite line. One time he says, "Yeah." He goes, "There's Jackie." He goes, "Yeah," but Jackie wants it. She wants it. <laughs> so that's obviously bad messaging. Uh, Tripper Bill Murray. He's a pig man. He says, "This is the 14 year old girl's cabin. They've got the drive and the equipment, but they don't have the experience, and they better not get it from you guys. Not this summer, anyway." See, that's sweet. <laughs> well, ne- next summer. <laughs> so there you go. And then Roxanne. Because she's complicit. She says uh, she hands over leadership to someone, uh, AL or whatever her name is. She says, you've got the jailbait. Watch them. (laughs) (laughs) Jailbait. See, jailbait's not a term that you hear anymore. (laughs) No. When I was a kid, I feel like that term got bandied about a bit. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. uh, And actually, I remember, was it like one? (laughs) Someone I know, I don't want to implicate anyone. There's someone in uh, someone in my life. They 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 um they <laughs> they had a friend a friend or whatever, and they used to call their sister like the the, the name for their bloody sister was Jail. <laughs> which I thought was quite funny they'd say oh yes is jailbait coming you know (laughs) they're all women you know nasty women Uh, anyway uh, Tripper tries to sexually assault Roxanne in Morty's on Morty's office she repeatedly tells him to stop that's a big one there that scene is is beyond the pale and then he kind of reverse raped her and in the end when Morty came in yeah well no but what you See the the Clintons do this. So what you do is you you get someone to suck your dick in the White House, right? <laughs> but then, like you, go, when they come out later, you've got to you've got to go full offensive and then go no no no, like you know, in fact, like they're the problem, like you know, and you've got to like mm. turn it on to the victim. 
You have to, and that's what he did. So Bill Murray's learned from his Democratic <laughs> Party stooge <laughs> uh, mates that that's on, how who, you do it. Who came first? <laughs> that, that, Monica Lewinsky was in the 90s, right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just uh, I'm bending it all around. <laughs> so here we go. Spaz and Larry, uh, two of the SCITs. That's the fatty and a guy called Spaz. See, Spaz <laughs> is not a word we hear often. No, I was thinking right. that, especially when they were chanting it. But I think we could almost bring it back. I'm for it. Like, it's almost lost its meaning, though. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it's sort of like now, because our words, it's that speak, you know, that is what it is. But I think if you said spaz now, it might be, it might be okay. Yeah. You should test that out. I will. Uh, right, please let us know, <laughs> listeners, if you think I should test it out. And we'll see. Uh, anyway, so Spaz, they're, 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 they're eavesdropping on the girls, reading out a sexy story, and Spaz freely admits, I'm getting a boner. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, mouth's covered, and then he says it again, I'm getting a boner. <laughs> Why is that such a big deal? Why does he have to yell out that he's getting a boner? It's well, like- it's a sexual crime. So, I mean, what you don't realize now, but not back then. No, but Ricky, if you see, you could have one right now. It's a a sexual crime. And, and that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, like it doesn't matter how the boner happened. It matters that it just matters that it it happened. And that's disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting. It needs to stop. Uh, And then there's just, I got a few other things here. Skinny dipping. Yeah. That was probably coerced. So uh, look, this, what do we think out of 10 um, collectively? What are we, what are we rating this movie? 11. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd say about a nine. Yeah, I think it's about a nine. Uh, it's it's as bad as it gets, you know. Um, so you know, and it didn't help. Uh, like some of the other movies, it was a high on the Me Too scale, but it was it was in, as I've said before, a really tough watch. So mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy myself as much. Sometimes we watch yep. these movies and I go, Ah, oh, yes, yes, like the Beach Girls. You know, you go, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. high on the Me Too scale, high on the enjoyment scale. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this was not that. Well, let, let me provide a little bit of counterpoint because I have done some reading on this film and I came across a really good article uh, written in 2019 by Rich Cohen of The Hollywood Reporter. Um, and uh, he, he argues that uh, the movie is really all about the Gen X worldview. And so basically, uh, so, so boomers believe in merit, but Gen Xers know meritocracy is worse than the old arist- aristocratic order. At least the aristocracy knew it was an aristocracy. Uh, it knew it didn't deserve what it had. The meritocracy has no idea what it is. It believes it's where it is because it works hard and is smart because of merit. Now, the rich kids at Camp Mohawk, they think they deserve to win, not because they are richer uh, but because they are better, which is why they are richer. And Tripper does not call uh, to overturn this system. He knows that overturning it would just replace it with another version of the same system, knowing that sensing that endless cycle of rise and fall is what creates the exhaustion. Uh, he instead calls to identify the system and then mock it. Detach yourself so you cannot be judged. Mohawk can't win if North Star won't lose. And it summed up nicely in Murray's speech during the uh, intercamp Olympiad. He says, even if we win, 
even if we play so far over our heads that our noses bleed for a week to 10 days, even if God in heaven above comes down and points his hand at our side of the field, even if every man, woman, and child held hands together and prayed for us to win, it just wouldn't matter because all the really good-looking girls still would go out with the guys from Mohawk because they've got all the money. It just doesn't matter if we win or lose. It just doesn't matter. In other words, it's all bullshit. So I think that sums up if 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 the if the film had a a point or a message that is probably it and I think Murray really sums up the Gen X posture and um mindset in his his sort of mocking tone from afar like he's he's a smart ass but he's a clever smart ass and he doesn't get involved in causes he just he just mocks what's happening around him yeah it's tough because the you know uh, I actually feel real a lot of kinship with with Gen X obviously even though I'm I'm not in the generation technically well uh, neither's Murray he's technically a boomer yeah well but that's the thing it's sort of a bit like it's a tough it's a tough situation because you know that that attitude uh that sort of meh attitude of 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 gen x is um you know hasn't served us well now that we know how things turned out like you know the the lack of leadership from that generation is is not good Mm. (laughs) and uh you know it's allowed the baby boomers to you know to be the most lauded generation or in this in the history of the human race uh, you know, and and it's also allowed a lot of young fucking idiots uh, to to sort of jump, you know, skip a few steps, and and you know, so what we've got is these 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 boomers who are hanging on, and these these um, uh, youngsters, some of them uh, who are radical lunatics. Mm. So it's, you can definitely see that in U.S. politics. Like that's what I mean. Yeah, the yeah, the, the fact that that everyone in I mean, the age of the president, uh, the age of, of most of the people in, in Congress, uh, they're, they're mm. fucking ancient. They're like, dinosaurs. Like, where are all the Gen Xs? They're That's all the problem. checked out. But because they were slackers, there is no, like, mm. it is insane that we've got a 78-year-old president or whatever. That's yeah. insane. Well, isn't, isn't the, the, the leader of the House in her 80s? Is that the Speaker Pelosi. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 83 or something. Yeah, yeah. it's like... Fucking hell, man. Like, like, yeah, where are the Gen X? Where are you? Stand yeah. up, yeah. you know? For God's too busy sake. watching Marvel shit. Oh, stand <laughs> up and just do something. Like, it's so frustrating, mm. you know? I've, I've got two reviews here, little little snippets from reviews, that one, one is a little bit baffling reading it in 2021. So Newsweek remarked that this film has almost none of the scraggy, raunchy, irreverent anarchy that gave Animal House a kind of pervasive anti-style. There's no- nothing at all perverse about meatballs. In <laughs> fact, it's so cutesy, squeaky clean that it becomes an Andy Hardy film uh, with a few extra belches. Well, but that that reveals that that reviewer is a, is is part of the problem. He's so the leader that, of the pigmen. He is. He is. He is the crowned monarch. I know. I could. The, I could not believe that review. That's amazing. I mean, the CITs announced that they've got this this mantra that they that they that they you know say over and over again. I think it's essentially. I mean, the Taliban probably have something similar, but <laughs> like it goes like this. It's like where the, we are. The CITs so piteous. The kids are brats. The food is hideous. We're going to smoke and drink and fool around. We are the camp, whatever, CITs. Close but no cigar. Oh, sorry. Wait, here it is. Um, there's this line here. It says, um, yeah, we're nookie bound. That's right. Yeah. So they, yeah. so they <laughs> announce bound. themselves. So they announce themselves. They're, they're sex pests is what they're saying. They're <laughs> sex pests and they're here, to, they're, they're here for your children. They want to teach your children the ways of the world. 
and um, it's <laughs> not a good world. It's, it's a horrible, horrible world. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. How could we not mention this, AJ? Did you spot it? Meatballs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Meatballs. <laughs> By Rick Dees. Why the fuck is this movie called Meatballs? Yeah. No, fuck it. I don't know. It's sort of a Tim and Eric thing, <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs. You know? <laughs> yeah. Camp food maybe. Uh, uh, but, yes, Rick Dees from I think this might be the same Rick Dees from the radio. So, <laughs> you know, Ricky, you came from the West. There was on the radio there was a, an American guy called Rick Dees and they used to play his top 40 or whatever. Oh, no. really? Remember I don't remember that. Oh, I remember. I talked to Katie about it. She remembers. Uh, it's basically, see, when you came from uh, a, a fucking know-nothing part of the country, uh, <laughs> it's conservative <laughs> part where nothing ever happened, uh, you'd listen to the radio and Rick Dees would be one of those American voices that you would hear and you'd take you away from the nightmare that was your life. And he'd say, <laughs> you know, next up is... Uh, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. <laughs> and you say, ah, oh, yes, a classic. <laughs> Better record it. <laughs> oh, oh yes. yeah, I used to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I record it. Mm. Are we doing final thoughts? Yes, give it to me. All right, I got a final thoughts of both films here. Ooh. So Meatballs, it's the haphazard recollection of a teenage summer. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> and Stripes, <laughs> come for the discipline, stay for the mud wrestling. Yeah, or the rape culture. <laughs> I thought I'd do some shorter, punchier final thoughts this time. Oh, like last last week was a bit long. No, they're good. I I I, I actually can't top that. So um, yeah, very good. Well, uh, another great edition of Sideboob Cinema. Next week, a very special, <laughs> very special episode. We've got an interview, uh, which we'll tell you more about um, during the week. Uh, and uh, the film that we're going to uh, watch, we're going to, well, I suppose we're going to jump genres a little bit. We can do that here on Sideboob Cinema. We can do what we want. So we're going to do some Wes Craven, and our our main feature film is going to be uh, Shocker, a film from the the late eighties that that he worked on, and we'll we'll pick another film uh, of his, um, maybe Serpent in the Rainbow. We'll see. Uh, I think that might be a good good move. Be great to uh, great to have an interview to to talk to someone who's actually worked in Hollywood. That's Absolutely. Great. Oh, the, yeah. the, this gentleman, and uh, you know, I'm being only being cagey because you know people's schedules can change and everything like that. So, but but you know, if we do uh, 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 get get this set up, and I'm sure we will, you know, he's worked on some fantastic movies, um, and you know, just be great to hear about his stories from mm. you know uh, uh, Hollywood. Mm. Sure. Before we leave, I just want to well, just to thank everybody uh, who gives us so much love out on social media. It's really good to have that interaction with everybody on on Instagram, uh, especially as well as a few other platforms we're on. But um, if you if you do feel inspired, please think about giving us a, a, a rating or a review on iTunes. That would uh, would really help us out and uh, spread the word. We said what we said. <laughs> And, and if not, I might retract it in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we've got our line. We say we said what we said, but then you do the, you do a mere culpa. That's not what we said. We said what we said, but we might apologise. <laughs> but I might get the guilt see if I watch the autobiography. A Sad doco. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, uh, well, we said what we said. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh.
What we need in this scene is a fanfare. Fanfare for the common titty. Titties. Titties.